0: Guy, Matt King. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to our podcast Unfortunately, for some, our topics that we talk about may be offensive to some people The topics that we discuss could also be triggers, and we want you to be aware of that If you are in need of help, please talk to a professional, a family member, or a friend We are not medical professionals, and we don't claim to be We are just two guys with a microphone and a platform. Please listen with discretion. Welcome to This Time in History, guys. I'm Matthew, and we're here today to continue our coverage of the 2022 municipal election. And that means interviewing one candidate, whether running for election or re-election, every single week, right up until the election on October 24th. Remember, get out and vote. The only way to affect change is to be part of it. And with me today is a mayoral candidate for the city of Oshawa, Mr. Joe Ingino. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So, um, why don't you tell the listeners uh, a bit about yourself and ultimately why you're running, why this election, why now?
1: Well, it's a fair question. Uh, well, my name is Joey Gino. I've been a long resident of Oshawa, uh, the editor and publisher of the Oshawa Durham Central newspaper. And in my decision, I get to see firsthand the needs of the community and where things need to change for the better of all of us in Oshawa. I mean, I pay taxes. Uh, I expect a certain quality of life in my city. And that's one of the reasons I decided to run because the quality of life in Oshawa has deteriorated to such a point that uh, it's really becoming uh, not only a safety issue but a public health issue. Uh, The solutions are easy. The problem is that we've elected uh, municipal governments in which uh, they have, they know how, how to do it but they don't have the drive. They don't want to change it because really What's in it for them? And they lost the passion to govern. And in this modern times, um, you know, you have to have the vision, you have to have the passion, and you have to get your hands dirty. So that's one of the reasons why I decided to run. I decided to run because I wanted to make a better Oshawa for a future generation.
0: That was well put. And uh, so if you wanted to, um, I don't know if you have it prepared yet, or even just pieces of uh, what your platform looks like?
1: No, well, uh, there's the a platform that's going to be released in, most likely in about two weeks. The uh, election's just started, so I doubt any candidate has a uh, platform ready. The other thing, too, about platforms is that uh, there are so many issues that are changing on a daily basis that what we have to do is we have to be able to give information not only of the issue as it's happening, but as it's evolving, and with our solution at the end of the day. Because really, you know, if we don't have a solution to a problem or a situation, we're no better off than the current uh, administration.
0: I understand. And so basically what you're saying is the, the entire current administration needs to change. You know, we have a similar problem in Toronto where we have... Uh, I think the term used is career politicians, and they get comfortable, and then they just, the passion just goes away, and we're left with what we have.
1: Yeah, well, let me explain to you how it works. Everybody thinks that, you know, uh, you're the mayor of a city, and all of a sudden you are the voice. Well, you have various aspects that are working within the environment that you're responsible for, and I'll give you for example. Our current mayor here in Oshawa did not have the managerial skills or experience to run a city. So he's put in a decision of authority to run a corporation. The corporation, whether it's the city of Oshawa or the city of Toronto, has to deal with, first, council. If your council is not unified and they don't support your actions or your decisions, then you have a problem. So the mayor first has to align his council. Then he has to gain the confidence of staff. Because staff, at the end of the day, all they care about is maintaining their jobs and getting paid every week. I mean, think about it, right? Right. Uh, you can't blame them. I mean, that's what we all go to work every day. We go to work in order to make
0: a paycheck. Right. So,
1: our current mayor, the problem that he's having is that. He's aligning the council because the council's mentality is the least you do, the more chance you have of winning the following election. As long as you stay out of the ways, out of the press, the likelihood of you winning, quantum. And the reason why is because a lot of voters vote on name recognition, not on credentials or on achievements in the community. And here's where we have the problem. In Toronto, they have the problem where it's the other way around. Staff, I would say, pretty much works in the best interest of the city of Toronto. But the problem they have is within council. And when you have bickering within council and when you have indifferences, and indifferences come out of sheer greed. You know, everybody wants to step on the next guy to move out the ladder. Everybody wants to make that extra nickel. And as a counselor, you know, there is that opportunity to, you know, uh, lobby for certain interest groups that might not be in the better interest of the whole city. And this is where a solid mayor kind of puts a stop to that and says, listen, you know, and and, and reads the riot act. And the riot act is simple. We're not elected because of a paycheck. We're elected because we have a duty uh, to do better for future generations. Anybody that's in politics for the money, you know, they're, they're in it for the
0: wrong reason. I understand. And I, I agree with you. Um, so, let's hit on a few subjects. Uh, I'd just love to hear anything that you have to say about each one of these uh, topics. So, I mean, I think the biggest one is, like, okay, so for me, I'm a delivery guy, so I've been to Oshawa, and there are parts of Oshawa, Oshawa that I literally, because uh, I'm a I'm a delivery driver who usually leaves the truck running, goes does the delivery and comes back. Now, Bye. not in Oshawa, Bye. certain parts of Oshawa, and that is due to the homeless issue. Um, it's it's really scary, and and I feel like more could be done, and and it's not being done, and I'd love to hear anything you have to say about that.
1: Okay, well, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions between crime and the homeless. Everybody kind of associates the homeless with crime, and that's not true. I mean, we have various issues and various uh, layers of concern. Now, you touched on two. One is crime. Two is the homeless. Now, the homeless tends to give a—it's um, like a facade of crime. You know what I'm saying? Because it's easy to point. Oh well, there's a, a petty crime at the corner or somewhere nowhere. It's got to be someone homeless. Or look, they look homeless because they look a certain way. So there's a certain prejudice and bias that we must be careful not to make that mistake. What we have to do is we have to acknowledge the issues within our community. It is one of the things that I have against city hall they don't do that. They paint everything with the same brush and they expect, uh, you know, for the particulars to be all uh, taken care of. And, and obviously it hasn't. So to the issue of crime, okay, in Oshawa, and I've been here 30, 35 years, I've seen an escalation of crime, uh, types of crime, okay, because I'm also privy to the police records because they're on the city paper. Mm-hmm. The, the crimes that I have seen have gone from pity fest to more violent crimes, where weapons are used, guns and knives, whereas five, ten years ago that wasn't the case. Now, again, if you look at a topic, if you look at an issue, you must understand the components in order to say, yeah, this is the fault of it. Those crimes are not necessarily related to a homeless problem. Those problems are related to the unregulated drug trade, the promoted drug trade by all these marijuana places and all these, uh, you know, uh, dispensaries that are, you know, you go there and you can use, you can shoot your own drug. So we're encouraging, you know, people to come in, use drugs, and use them in a safe environment. like the churches and a couple of clinics downtown Oshawa And what happens is that creates an element of, what I would say, clandestine, where if you're allowing people to bring their own drugs, drug dealing is going to go on the increase. Right. When drug dealing goes on the increase, people become desperate because, you know, someone gets ripped off, someone, whatever the situation is, and there's where the criminal element is. The criminal element is that because we belong to Durham region as a police force. We don't have an Oshawa police. We are at basically the mercy of Durham region, allowing us on the average about 11 patrol cars on our street. Now we're like almost 200,000 population and we only get 11 police. Something has to be overlooked, right? And what happens is the police, they know that within their infrastructure, they have, Um, a lot of paperwork to do. So are they going to go and arrest somebody for a petty drug exchange? No, they're not. So what they do is they step back, they watch the community and they only go after the big fish. So if you're bringing cocaine, they'll go after you and if you're one of the small fish, they'll go after you. If you're running guns and you're one of the small ones, they'll go after you. The problem is we are not a synchronized community. The mayor has no uh, entity or no authority over the police services. He can request the police board more police. He can request to the region more police. But at the end of the day, the police operate as a separate entity. And I don't know if you know Oshawa, but we've gone to such desperate measures here that the city of Oshawa has employed the services of a private security agency.
0: I did you not know, I did
1: not know that yeah they do and they pay on the average about 60 to 70 dollars an hour per guard are these guards the numbers,
0: are the, are these guards uh, armed do they have any authority
1: yeah. well here's what happened at the height of last year's problem with the homeless and I was told this by the head of bylaw that they weren't going to be bringing in guards with dogs. Or guards with any weapons, People were walking around our park, our main park downtown Oshawa, with these humongous German shepherds, basically intimidating people. Well, they hit the paper. It was even in the Toronto media. They backed off with uh, with the dogs, but they still have a huge force. I mean, if you go to the park at any given evening, you'll see the you know them patrolling around and harassing those that are homeless, so that's the criminal aspect of it. And I wouldn't feel—I would tell you that not to feel, that, you know, you would be in arms length or you would be in any danger coming to Asheville delivering parcels. Now, if you come in and you're coming in to buy drugs, if you're coming in to for prostitution, then you're going to have a problem. Because there's where the guns are used with the crimes of, you know, uh, for drug uh, exchanges, uh, for prostitution. Guys get ripped off every night. Um, so th- that's the criminal aspect. So don't fear that Ashwa is a bad place to come to because of the crime, criminal element. Now, the second part of your question, the homeless. The homeless, in my view, and believe me, my, my heart breaks every time I drive and I see someone who, Sleeping on a doorway, or uh, I'm just on the ground. I mean, we live in the richest country in the world, and we can't find a way of a system that accommodates anybody and everybody that's homeless. It's a shameful thing, and it's not only just a municipal problem; it's a provincial problem, it's a federal problem, and at the federal level. I can't understand how someone like our prime minister can go to bed at night knowing this is happening in his own country and spending out millions of dollars to foreign countries to fight these wars. You know what I'm saying? So it's at the highest level of the problem. At the municipal level, okay, what is happening is the people that we elect are not competent enough to understand what the problem is. So what they do is, they tend to issue it or deal with it as a broader problem without understanding the specifics. Under my administration, what I would do is this. The problem is not a problem, it's a circumstance. A circumstance that me or you at any time in our lives could end up facing. And you might be sitting there, oh no, it never happened to me. Well. I don't know how old you are, okay, but uh, I'm in my upper 50s, and disease, economic heartache, uh, mental health, substance abuse, right, for so whatever happens in our lives, Could ideally have a homeless. Now, looking at the problem of homeless as a circumstance, not a problem, okay, We have to now define what causes someone to be under those circumstances. And there is where the municipal government and government should be emphasizing most of its energy. As a new mayor, what I would do is, first, I would unify all the social services that we have out there. The problem that we have in Oshawa is we have on Thursdays, we have for drug addicts. For Tuesdays, we have for... And every other day is for different causes. So we got people walking all over the place and people walking around with all kinds of ailments, right, that is not being effective and it's ruining the cosmetics or the facade of the city. So people that drive by, oh, my God, look at all those bums, walking around, pushing cars. Well, that's where the guy lives, right? And now he's got to go to uh, somewhere, nowhere for his services. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yes, so
1: we gotta unify the services. We have to allocate them to a place where uh, it's a neutral ground where it doesn't affect the citizens around, like the the property owners around the facility, but it brings everybody to one point, one junction, and they know that it's a one place service. They tried doing that with the provincial and the federal government at our mid-town mall. I don't know if you know where that is or I don't know if you're familiar with Oshawa. But But they did that with all the services. So if you want to get your health card, you go there. If you want to get your driver's license, you go there. Passport, the same thing. We must do the same thing with the homeless situation. And we must use facilities to be able to house at two tiers. One, people that basically are broke and have nowhere to go, and they need a safe environment. That's the one tier. The second tier is for those that are, are, are addicted to something, addict something, or are dependent on alcohol. Two different levels of homelessness. Now, within the two levels, right? The ones that are broke and have nowhere to go, there's, uh, there's also the pride of being poor. Okay, I don't know what your, you know, what your situation or your, your background. But I can tell you firsthand, I travel the world. And I've seen people like, they're, they're, they're poor, right? But they live a certain way. They live a certain, has standards of them being poor. And they're surprised about being poor. And which, here in Canada, we have it, but it's diluted. Everybody's an addict. Everybody's uh, drunk. You know what I'm saying? We don't understand. We fail to, to be educated on what it is to be homeless. Now, again, back to, you know, political issue. Well, divide, create the two tiers within a safe environment for people to come in and, and, and sleep and stay there as long as they want. Shower, for example, right? There aren't shower facilities enough to accommodate the need. I can take you here in Oshawa and we can walk up and down any creek and you'll see dozens and dozens and dozens of makeshift tents with cardboard and and plastic that they get from here and there. That can happen in our city. This is not Oshawa. This wasn't Oshawa. We let the problem deteriorate today in 2022. Hopefully people will realize that we cannot continue to make the same mistakes. The mayor that's currently in office, he was, according to his own uh, statement, a homeless, I think. What happened? You could think a guy like that would have an insight, but you know what he doesn't have? He what? doesn't have a social understanding of the concept of homelessness. But I, just because you were homeless, it doesn't mean you're an expert in homelessness. And there's the fault there's where the voters went wrong. They think that he was going to have enough knowledge, enough intellect to be able to fix the circumstance, and he sees the circumstance as a problem, and that's where he has failed
0: Wow, um I hear everything that that you said, and that's very intuitive and uh. I'd actually like to see a program like that run everywhere. I, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on, on how it actually works in Toronto, but I know that we also have a, a, a homeless uh, issue here, and I know that uh, the current mayor likes to, uh, you know, very, very public, uh, destroying all the tents and displacing all the people, and that I was not a fan of.
1: Well, let me tell you how it works. I'm, I'm very well brief. My my first degree was in psychology. I spent uh, many years at uh, Mount Sinai working there for uh, in the psychiatric ward in uh, special needs. Uh, is a, a hospital called uh, John's uh, Hospital on uh, Buller. He's no longer there. The doctor's hospital is better known as. Um in, in in the main the main hub for the homeless in uh, Toronto it at uh, Spadina and and Bloor. It's Spadina you know the corner I'm talking about? Yes. Anyways that's, that 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 men's shelter is the hub. It's the main for all of Toronto. And then there's like, you know, all over the place there's the smaller ones. And what they do is, and it's very ingenious, the program that they have, is they turn nobody down, but they move people around. So, for example, let's say the Toronto shelter's full, you know, they'll tab you to another shelter. Now, what has been happening in Toronto is the need has become so overwhelming that you see a lot of people sleeping on the streets. Now, a lot of people that sleep on the streets also are people that have been barred from these shelters and they're barred because of violence drugs right and mental health they're not equipped 24-7 I mean they do have facilities and they do have programs that are outstanding but they become overwhelmed and those are the ones you see on the street it's not the same problem is not the same circumstances here in Ottawa even at one time okay they, it, was, it was rumored, and I know because, you know, I'm in this business, that they were sending people from Toronto to Oshawa because we have a hub here for social services. Whereas down there, if they sit there and they stayed at the shelter down there, they would have to wait months to get uh, whatever paperwork they needed. They come to Oshawa, it's all centralized, so it would be a lot easier to get, you know, your birth certificate or whatever else you needed without that you can't get special services. So again it, 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 you have to understand the circumstance and all the dynamics within each aspect of the, you know the grouping, in order to be able to come with a real plan to really help people and stop this and I call it an atrocity you know to, to have people, living on our streets. I mean we just gotta put a stop to that. You know, we gotta think Canada first, right? The world second. If we can spend a billion dollars to build a village in Africa, we can definitely invest a billion dollars in the proper services in Canada.
0: I wholeheartedly agree with you on that uh issue. Um I think this is a good segue to talk about uh, the budget. So, in terms of the the budget for the city of Oshawa, how does that work? Um, What are some of the concerns that uh, you are aware of or that you know of? And anything you want to add about that topic?
1: Well, everybody understands the concept of supply and demand. Okay? Now, when we talk about Let's talk about the budget as a whole first. When you have a budget, like in any corporation, right, everything has to be in accordance to a requirement, to a need within the, the corporation. Well, Oshawa, you know, has operated for the longest time with that. Uh, we get $10,000 budget. We must spend the $10,000 by the end of the physical year. Otherwise, we can't ask for 10001 okay? Okay. And that mentality has to be broken, okay? What we need to do, what the CEO of the corporation needs to do, is need to run an efficiency evaluation per department, okay? And it's only fair, you know, to be able to know. If you don't know and you go by what the managers tell you that they need, right, without actually knowing what they need, you're at a disadvantage as the one holding the you know, the pen to make the proper adjustments on any budget. Right. So my first my first mission or one of my first things to do would be to meet with all the heads of departments and I wanna see where all the expenditures are going. I wanna see why there's been an increase for the last past three, four years, and I wanna see why the budget is where it's at. And I can bet you that off the top you can probably take off twenty percent easy. Uh, wasteful expenditures now th- that's from the budgetary you know the larger the bigger view, right mm-hmm. expenditures the expenditures of city hall are phenomenal you know we have a city council that's paid to think and make decisions on our behalf. you know how it works right now is you have a uh, something that you want to introduce to the city let's say you want to put up a 100-story building in downtown Oshawa. They know nothing about planning. They know nothing about anything to do with construction and development. But what do they do? They turn around and they go to staff. Staff are supposed to be experts in their field. Staff does not want to take risks because if something goes wrong, guess who gets fired first? And most of them are making over $100,000. So are you going to jeopardize $100,000? No. So what you do is, you turn it back to the city and request for a study. Request an expert's advice. And here is with the hundreds of thousands of dollars or out of our city. This is where it's gotta stop. You know if they elect me to make decisions on behalf of the taxpayers, first thing I'm gonna do is I'm not gonna waste it and depend on Someone throwing me a security blanket to do what's obvious. And that's what really happens. Right? What really happens is it's supposed to be yes, I prove it. You know, you're never gonna get a chance like that again. Right? Right. South developers' times. Right? So they go back, they do the jimmy and shimmy, and then they come back with saying, Yeah, prove Well, why the delay? Because they don't have the intellect or the competency jumped on opportunity our, our main uh, theater downtown the region okay ten years ago under Nancy Diamond the theater was deemed uninhabitable it was uh, deemed to be demolished there was no one could go in the city of Oshawa spent eighty thousand dollars to tell them where they should be demolished or where they should be uh, you know brought back to its splendor. After the eighty thousand dollars was spent, and I laughed because crying is not appropriate. It they, they, they came back that it has to be flattened well, no, out. Make a parking lot, right? Well, someone at city hall said, "You know what? Oh, it's got uh, it's got historical value. Let's do one more study." So they spent one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Now this study, in which in my I think someone you know got a kickback, came back telling them, "Yes, it's a great idea." To, uh, to have uh, this facility at a historical place. So they partnered up with someone from Toronto. They sold them the land for a dollar. And the idea was that he was to rebuild this facility that was the Jewel of Oshawa one time to other the splendors of the 1920s. Well, first came to shove. The guy didn't do it. The city was now stuck with a building that had flooded. The whole bottom floor. I mean, I see that with my own eyes. It was flooded when you could actually go swimming in the basement. It was so bad. Wow. And, then, and yeah, and you're in two hundred thousand dollars, right? So what do they do? Is they they said, okay, well, we got to do something with it, and we can't find it out now because apparently there were some some uh, uh, issues with uh, the fire department that they just now couldn't find it out. The acidity, this and that. So what do they do is they turn to the college, and they said to the college, well, listen, we got a deal for you. you need lecture halls? This is a great lecture hall for you. They give it to the city for a dollar, to the college for a (laughs) dollar. And the college turned it around, invested money into it, and they turned it into a lecture hall kind of semi-theater. I don't know if you've ever been there, but, you know, it, 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 it's horrible, right? Like, the way they spend money, and they spend money because it's not their money. And when they mess up, you know what? Eh, who cares? It's not our money. Our uh, GM center. you know what a GM center is? Or they call it now the Tribute Center?
0: No, not it's exactly.
1: A, it's a huge facility in Oshawa that they build. Uh, this was during uh, John Gray's uh, administration. He thought, oh, I'm going to build a huge arena right downtown Oshawa, and I'm going to gain a re reelection." First of all, he made a huge mistake. One, he didn't understand the, in- the industry, the business. Because if he would have done his homework, he would have known that no major event will come to Oshawa because of the proximity to Toronto. So he built this humongous facility, right? And we can't get an act to come in. He put $50 million of taxpayers' money to build a building that we can't get nobody to come in except the general's hockey.
0: Wow. I, uh...
1: And for the last 10 years, that building's been losing a million dollars in operating costs. You know what I'm going to do the first thing I do if I get in? I'm going to go have a good meeting with all the management and fire all the upper management. Bring me people that are in the industry. Bring me people that are go-getters, right? In 10 years, they haven't made a facility work. It's shameful. So when we talk about budgeting, that's, you know, a lot of things where we can save money. The other aspect of budgeting is taxation, property tax. When you're dealing with property tax, in Osho, we have gone through a boom. Houses are being built right left and center, in which their houses, again, being built without thought. I mean, you seem like a young person, uh, and I feel for young people because to buy a house today, I mean, you literally have to uh, rob a bank in order to put a down payment. Yeah. I mean, well, it's true. And, you know, it's sad that that I say this, but there's got to be a counterbalance to, to the problem because. You know, what are we going to do with all these uh, young people, right? And they can only live at, at home for so long.
0: You're, absolute, so you're absolutely
1: right. with the taxation problem is we've got to first tax high to the newcomers, to the new houses being built. Increase high-density housing in the sense of apartment buildings and condos, so we've got to build up, not sideways. Now we get ten times more property tax going up than we do going sideways. Why have we not gone up? You know why? Because developers will not come to Oshawa under the current administration because they can't do business in Oshawa. Really? Yeah, and Oshawa Oshawa is bound by the Durham municipal board in which they promote their own buddies or buddies and what do we get? Small-time, what I call, two-by-four, wire-wall type of housing. And they charge you $500,000 without blinking.
0: Well, I think this is a good uh, a good par- uh, segue into the next topic, and that's affordable housing. I li- always like to ask uh, the candidates whether they would be in favor of some sort of rent reduction, rent freeze, Or something to help because the cost of living has gone through the roof and I'm just wondering anything you want to say on that topic
1: okay well when you say affordable housing okay everybody assumes affordable housing is housing for the poor and that's not the case affordable housing could be for just about anybody okay now when we're addressing the affordable housing for general population The easiest way to do that is by cutting uh, property taxes, okay, for landlords that hold, uh, let's say, a building or multiple units of uh, property. Now, the way we do this we can't go in and say uh, we set the rent at this amount because that's against a whole bunch of different uh, regulations or laws Plus, we're also stepping toes on the provincial legislation and federal legislation, not to mention human rights. So the way we got to do it is got to do it a bit more um, through the pocket of the person that holds the key. And these are the landlords. If you were to lower the property tax on a landlord, 15 20 30%, and under the circumstance, that they will in turn lower their rental by the same amount. Then you have affordable housing. Okay. Now the reason why that's not being done is because a lot of municipalities eh, let them fight it off themselves. You know, we we'll only get involved when you know we have uh, cardboard house, cardboard boxes reaching you know uh, city hall. They don't get involved in that kind of in that kind of that's a business. Uh, thinking. And a lot of politicians don't want to get their hands dirty. Right? Right. So that's the solution. The solution is to work with the landlords. I can take you to four buildings here in Oshawa. Okay? They're the biggest size you could possibly go to. Okay? They charge sixteen, eighteen hundred dollars right? And maintenance is zero. Right? Mm-hmm. So, what I would do is I would meet with those guys and say, look, I want to drop your property taxes 30%. But, right, here's what I expect I expect your building to be up to code. I expect, I expect, I expect, and I expect rents to drop by 30%. 30% on 1600 hundred that's a significant amount. Yes, it is. So that's how you deal with the, the affordable housing for the renters, for the buyers, okay? What we've got to do is we've got to get tough with the developers. Stop coming in, raping our farmland, right? And uh, no, we must be able to control what they sell the houses for or at least make provision for more affordable housing within their complexes, okay, in which they're not. Right now they'll come in, they'll plow the fields, they'll put up, you know, cookie-cutter houses all of the same, it's 400, 500,000 take it or leave it attitude. That has to stop. You know what i think? But again, it takes someone that has business experience, someone that can negotiate, right? And someone that can get their hands dirty. And at the end, at the final tier of the affordable housing, because we have already done two, the third one is for those that have no housing, those that are a dire strait, no job. Five kids that I can't get work but you know hey we got to give these folks a safe place to live what I would do is I would use surplus government lands surplus municipal land and I would build makeshift in like what they have now in on Olive Street they've built a row of 20 houses that are nothing bigger than a trailer right but at least it gives them a bathroom it gives them a kitchen gives them a bedroom, it gives them the basic necessities. And give those folks the opportunity, right, to get off poverty, to get off the circumstances that they're in, right, by having safe housing. And that's not what we're doing. And that's what we need a lot of, right? Take ownership, right, of the people in need. That those are the people that make our future, right? I don't know if you've ever been poor, and I don't know if you've ever, you know, known anybody to be poor, but those that are poor, right, don't want to be poor, and they'll do anything and everything in order to better their lives and that of their children. And in Canada, we are leaving those folks behind, and this is why there's so many people going into depression and the utilization of alcohol and illicit drugs. And we are stuck in rut. Right. So I hopefully answer your question at three different tiers, in regards to housing and affordable housing, because uh, it needs, people need to understand the three different levels. And again, we can't just paint the brush with affordable housing for everybody. Because it's done.
0: I think that's well put. And uh, it's a nice way to move on to uh, the next topic I want to talk about. In terms of transit, what do you see for the city of Oshawa? Whether that means... Um, Toronto finally extending the subway into Durham Region or maybe more GO expansion or maybe uh, another idea. I know that um, from what I've seen, and it, it is limited, that Durham Region relies heavily on, on buses and you don't have your own subway system. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of
1: like a futuristic thinking. And the reason why I say this is because, first of all, uh,
0: the city of
1: Oshawa is making a mistake to uh, regionalize transit. okay? So we have no control over it. Okay. It's primarily a regional issue. Secondly, the, the, the picture that you painted is very futuristic because look at how long it took them to go from uh, on Kill Street so to York University, for example. Yes. And uh, you also have to understand the geography of bringing a subway all the way to Oshawa. You've got, first of all, Pickering and the nuclear facility. Okay? Two, you've got the difference in soil samples and, and, and composition because of being so near to the lake. And the third would be you have a lot of marshland in between Toronto and uh, Oshawa. So the logistics of it would have to, you know, I think the way they operate now, it would take 50 years before that could even be a reality.
0: That's a good point.
1: Society is pushing to uh, taking public transit. Public transit has worked in other countries where there's high density in population centers, and it's a, it's a way to, that it makes sense. Now, for an old dog like myself... I like to drive. I mean, I think, you know, forcing people to do something is always wrong, and against the civil liberties and the the right to choose. So, if I like to drive, I like to drive to Toronto. I don't want to take the bus. I don't want to take the train. It's a choice, right? And it's a choice that's being forced upon us under the pretense that it's better for us, that it's cleaner, that it's... The efficient way to go okay so where do I stand with this? well I welcome anything coming from Toronto like Metrolinx is doing a push now with rail um, and, and there's some developments that are coming our way in which is very positive in regards to uh, you know public transportation uh, so I have to kind of like I study it I have to be on top of it and I have to see how if I am elected Uh, how that's going to benefit the people I represent. And if it it does, and if there's something that I can become involved in, definitely I'd be involved in, and definitely I'd be promoting and putting my own personal, you know, interests and preferences aside, because remember, like I told you at the beginning of this interview, this is not about me. It's not about me making money. This is about us working for a better future, looking for ways You know, my main job is going to be to looking for ways to better Oshawa for my kids, your kids, and future generations to
0: come. That's well put. And uh, I just have one last question for you before I let you go. Uh, You can pass. You can not answer. That's fine. But I have to ask, and that is, is there anyone currently running for uh, city council or regional council or school trustee that you'd be willing to endorse at this time?
1: Well, it's too early for that. Okay. Um, it just uh, it opened up three weeks ago, and there's only like a handful of people running over to put their names for it. So uh, that question is too early to, to answer.
0: Okay. Because
1: there are not enough candidates uh, out there.
0: That's fair. But uh, I
1: do encourage everybody, you know, whoever listens to this, to really, really take a deep breath and look around you. And are you happy with the way your life is and that of your kids? And if not, now it's your chance to make a difference. You know, Now this is the year to really turn Oshawa around. We can't afford to make the same mistakes.
0: It's like I said at the beginning of the podcast, the only way to affect change is to be part of it.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: And I want to so thank. You, know, you haven't even touched the issue of like the public health issues. Oh, I'm sorry. And- yeah, let's let's to- let's talk about that. Sorry, I, I uh, well, completely skipped over it. I apologize.
1: Yeah, well, we were talking about the homeless, and right? one of the things that rang in the back of my mind uh, because you know everybody thinks the homeless are the filthy, the dirty, the drug addicts, the drunk, the worst, right? There's a stigma attached to that because people don't understand the problem, and I, I explain it to you in detail the different aspects, the different thoughts of uh, what it means to be in that circumstance. Right? Now, one of the things that has happened in Oshawa, a public, uh, really, I mean, I, it, I think it's probably the homeless, the economy, and, and, and this public health issue. And one of the things you mentioned was, like, your fear coming into Oshawa because of the, you know, the stigma of looking, everybody looking like a criminal. Probably be more worried about it when you jump out of your truck onto a grassy lawn or a grassy uh, uh, yard not to get pricked by a needle. That's the bigger problem. Right now in Oshawa, we have a humongous problem with the needle exchange program where they give out free needles to addicts, okay, in hope to keep away aid. And yet, our parks, our creeks are littered with thousands of needles. The John Howard Society in Oshawa, under the guidance of the federal government, had received a grant, excuse me, provincial government, had received a grant to test pilot a project where they hired six people and they sent them out into the community to collect needles. Guess how many needles they did in an eight-hour shift? How many? Take a guess.
0: Um, One thousand.
1: Twelve hundred needles. Wow. Wow is not the word. You know, you go for a walk in the park with your kids, your kids not wearing shoes, right? Go downtown. I can drive you downtown and show you the needles on on the side of the road. I mean, it's disgusting. It's horrific. And it's something that needs to be addressed. The question is, how do you address this problem? Well, first, you stop the needle program. Second, you stop the state injection site. Third, anybody that's intoxicated high get go to jail. You know what I'm saying? The cops right now won't arrest you. You can be totally completely stoned, you know, hugging a pole. The cop will come over and tell you to walk by. They're breaking a criminal code. They must be arrested. Okay? They have to be arrested, but the cops won't. Because why? They take them back, they fill up their jail, they spend hours doing paperwork, they take them to court, the judge lets them walk. In the meantime, we only have 11 cruisers on the road. So what does that mean? That opens the door for drug trafficking, gun sales, prostitution, narcotics. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Those are issues that must be addressed. So I wouldn't be worried about getting mugs coming to deliver parcel or someone uh, carjacking your van. I'd be worried about getting out of the car with uh, flip flops or with, you know, now that it's summer, everybody likes to wear those slippers, uh, you know, you went out to some guy's kind of yard, boom, there it is, right?
0: I'll have to keep that one in mind. Uh, I, did not, uh, I did not even realize that that was a, a, a big issue in, in the city of Oshawa.
1: Yeah, I get calls all the time for people, like, I'm a Legion member and, and they call me and they say, what can you do? We turn to the politicians, they do nothing. Um, you know, there people uh go to the bathroom on their stairs, they leave condoms everywhere, they leave needles everywhere, and these poor folks, uh, you know, they're all veterans and they're all in their 70s, have to go there and clean their crap up, right? I mean, I don't think that's right, I don't think that's right, I don't think they should have to. Well, it's been I'm
0: really, it's been really nice, uh, it's been... <laughs> It's been really nice talking to you, but before we go, um, do you have a website or somewhere where the constituents of Oshawa can um, uh, read, uh, w- like when you said your your platform is going to be released and stuff like that?
1: Sure, of course, of course. Uh, I, I have an open policy, open door policy here at the newspaper. Anybody can walk in, and if I'm busy, i will have to wait a bit, but otherwise, just come on in and talk to me. My door will always be open when I'm in the office, and I will actually... Set a date where people can actually come into City Council and tell me what's bothering them, tell me what we need to change, and which no one has ever done that before. Uh, Right now, if you want to come in, I'm at 136 Simcoe Street North, unit number four, that's my office. My phone number is 905 441 2657. My email is newspaper at the letter O the word central, cencra com, and my official campaign uh, webpage is ingino.org. And there you'll see in the next couple of weeks a full platform with a full detailed uh, vision of, you know, where we should go, how we're going to get there, and many of the issues that we discussed today here in this great uh, podcast.
0: That's amazing, and I wish you all the luck. Uh, remember, guys, get out and vote. The only way to affect change is to be part of it. So get your vote out. The election is on October 24th of this year. So I want to wish you again good luck, and uh, I'll be watching.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And uh, anytime you want to ask me any questions, please don't hesitate to
0: call. Have a great day.